Sports Radio. It is another hour of the program and an honor to be in for the Hall of Famer. I'm Brian Weber. You can chime in at 1-800-636-8686. Emails, RomanHaveATake.com. It's an ATP Wednesday. A good block of interaction, if I can be self-promoting in the first hour of the program. Let's maintain that momentum coming up in 20 minutes. Hit me up on the X platform, B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. We had a guest-free first hour, and we will follow that same general roadmap coming up for the next 40 minutes, and then we'll take you around the NFL. I'm not getting into combine thoughts, who's going to shut down the internet with the fastest 40 we've ever had the possibility to imagine. We're talking free agency, and just to confirm that the Bears, in fact, are going to go the direction of Caleb Williams, as GM Ryan Poles made pretty clear yesterday, if you were just paying a little bit of attention to his remarks. Looking forward to checking in with Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk. Final hour, NBA conversation, in addition to what I'm going to address presently, when we are able to reach out to Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic. Jim off today and tomorrow, back with you on Friday. Trent Rush will be here tomorrow, a very fine young broadcaster. If you're looking for baseball talk, Trent is all over it. And maybe I'm feeling threatened as I move deeper into my 50s. I'm going to talk a little bit of baseball, just a minute portion in 20 minutes, because of course Otani hit a home run yesterday in his spring training debut. But... We know how it works in MLB, and we know how things operate with this franchise. And again, I'm going to have to parse my words carefully because I heard Jim and Dave Roberts reunited and have felt so good recently. I'm not going to take an anti-Dave Roberts stance. I'd be even more foolish to do that. But I am going to point out when we get there in 20 minutes that it is way too premature to hand the Dodgers anything Because did you watch them the last two postseasons? Did you see them get swept by the Diamondbacks? I realize Otani's a game changer, but he can't pitch this year. And he can't make Mookie Betts deliver in high leverage situations. That is coming up. Well, for many of you, I think I destroyed what little credibility I might have when I said the quiet part out loud towards the end of the last hour. I like basketball more than the NFL. Now, to have a chance at gainful employment before I hit Social Security, we will talk, in addition to, in 40 minutes, our conversation with Josh Alper, a pro football talk, Cowboys, and the latest inane remarks from Jerry Jones, who is a content machine to start the final hour of the program. But since we're all looking for things to watch, in addition to what's going on in professional wrestling, Are you smelling what The Rock is cooking? I'm not going to spend any of our precious real estate on that. It's a very interesting time. I'm back in the hot tub time machine. It feels like 1984 all over again. The Rock has turned heel. But as I flip around, I am always going to land on NBA action. You know, I was told once it's fantastic. And with the abundance of quality teams, we could go through, with the exception of a handful of clubs, But just about every team at least has a marketable star. I realize the All-Star game was hideous. I don't have the solution for it, nor am I going to go back to what happened in Indy. But if you're going through the rosters, 
the league has never had more star power evenly distributed across the NBA, especially in the West. But, and perhaps this is geographic balance, because Jim is here in Southern California. We're an undisclosed location, XR4TI. Not listening to a word I'm saying, but I really appreciate the moral support. Everyone is here getting ahead for Jim's return on Friday. Typically, all we do is talk about the powerhouses on the East Coast. And Boston is worthy of our attention. If you've not been perusing the NBA, and look, I get it. For a lot of you, the first time you watch the NBA, potentially, is Christmas Day. But not anymore, because that's been hijacked by the NFL. And they took Black Friday last year because the NFL finds a way to monetize everything they can. But there was a degree of segmentation that casual fans would parachute in to watch on Christmas Day. Another chunk would wait for football to end. Can't blame me if you turned on the All-Star game and said after 30 seconds, no thank you. And a lot of you will not watch until the start of the playoffs in April. I get it. So for a good chunk of you who, other than LeBron saying, leave my kid alone, even though he's the one who put it out there that Bronny had a comparable skill set to guys already in the NBA, even though Bronny can barely get off the bench on the worst team in the Pac-12, and let's not forget, he had a cardiac event. That's what we should be talking about. It's a young kid with a second chance on life. The fact that he's even playing is remarkable. So who cares what a mock draft says? But if you're a casual, as the kids say, and I'm Brian Weber, not on TikTok because that would be creepy. I am on the X, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. We'll get to your ATP, the final hour of the program. Phone calls a possibility, 1-800-636-8686. If you are now maybe just easing into basketball with an extra day in February and March, maybe get you thinking about hoops with March Madness coming up. Here's what you missed. I'm not doing the whole season, but I would encourage you at least to have an open mind because it's not just the usual suspects. Now, if you're only going to jump in come playoff time, you might say, wait a minute, how did Oklahoma City win 54, 58 games and then get bounced in the first round? Well, that just speaks to two things, the incredible depth of the Western Conference and their lack of playoff experience. But if we're just looking for things to watch, We need entertainment out there. And in fact, let me be even more self-indulgent than normal. I need a show to watch. It's astonishing to me. I have all of these streaming platforms. Now, like everybody, when I'm done, I unsubscribe. So I'm not just going to throw away even more money. Ooh, $7 for a monthly subscription I can't handle. Believe me, I'm, I'm living show to show here. I need a show to watch. I'm so desperate, in addition just to watching NBA TV all night, I'm going back through the wire. I'm about halfway through season two, and it's getting good. McNulty's on the boat. So if you can help me out coming up in 15 minutes, give me a show to watch. And I've watched all of the normal stuff. Sidebar would be, I don't like zombies, and I don't like wizards. So I'm not doing any Game of Thrones content, and maybe I'm just still recovering from a childhood of playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, as you can imagine, I was not that happening at 12. But give me something other than warlocks and zombies. 
That's coming up in 15 minutes. But as I'm flipping around, watching these games go by, yes, Oklahoma City is thrilling to watch. SGA, first team All-NBA last year, and great to see the big fella, Chet Holmgren, healthy. How about Minnesota? Anthony Edwards. Now, I, I did have the misfortune of watching on ESPN a couple nights ago when somebody had to be a producer, not just a associate producer, put up the graphic, and it was because they were shadowing the Timberwolves all day long. It's Anthony Edwards and ex Michael Jordan. That might have been a little bit over the top, but Minnesota, entertaining team. Gobert plays defense. Cats got to stay healthier. Great watch. And I love Chris Finch annihilating that team when they don't play defense. And then you know the teams we're always talking about. Just when it felt like, and years ago I had an affiliation with the Warriors, so I'm always going to have an emotional connection with them. But just being logical and trying to be unbiased in my analysis, everybody was throwing dirt on them was justified. They were a shadow of themselves, and now Clay Thompson embracing Begrudgingly, but he's leaning in because he has no choice. The six-man role. Chris Paul is back, if that means anything to you. But the only reason they took on Paul was because they had to get rid of Jordan Poole. And last night was the reunion. And Draymond Green knows if he does anything wrong moving forward, the career is over. So if you were expecting round two or round three, depending on how you're scoring things between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, didn't happen last night. But the Warriors are relevant again. And the NBA is more interesting when the Warriors actually have a chance to win games, however you view Draymond. And I'm in the camp that he has gone completely berserk and he has crossed the line. And either he thinks he can get away with all this stuff based on what has happened in the past, or he just has no control over his emotions. Either way, the next incident should be leading to a conversation Does he potentially have to deal with a suspension, Alvin, for life, 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 life? I'm Brian Weber, producing from the big chair. Help me out with your post on the X, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. But I think because the West is so loaded, I have to acknowledge, I don't want to, but it's my job to have a degree of objectivity, the Clippers are good. I can't believe I'm saying those words aloud. I was dead wrong about the James Harden trade. Now, Harden is a lot smarter than sometimes he lets on because James is calculated and James knows this is his last opportunity to get paid one more time and it's working. Why? Because he wants it to work. Nobody is better enforcing himself out of a situation he does not want to be in than James Harden. And he did not put on the meat suit. He did not hit the bottomless corral of food at the Sizz or any other place he could have gone. He did not carbo load. That team works. They'll play the Lakers tonight. I don't even find the Lakers that interesting anymore. And I'm here in Southern California. And I'm not going to follow people who have been able to construct a career by bashing LeBron, I just think we know who they are. In no way diminishing what he's doing at an advanced age. Yeah, LeBron can get hot come playoff time. We saw last year. But remember, things opened up remarkably for the Lakers, and the role players were out of their mind. It's not, in my estimation, going to be a repeat of last year. But 
we're now getting down to play-in territory, and now here I am 12 minutes in, and like everybody else, I have not mentioned the reigning champs. And I don't have any issues with Denver. And I do my best to be comprehensive. I have no good explanation for why, like so many of you, we overlook the Nuggets. And I don't want to come up with some convoluted, well, they're not fish, they're not foul, they're tucked away there in the Rocky Mountains. They're a damn good team. Every time you turn on what's happening, Jokic is doing something insane like he did against the Warriors. And if I want to come back, we should acknowledge Michael Malone is a great friend of the program. That was a wonderful conversation with Jim the other day. Here we are after a fill-in stint this summer that was all Wemby all the time. We're not even talking about this guy. Now, I understand the Spurs have only won 11 games, and they lost to Minnesota last night. But because I am a prisoner of content and I love basketball, anytime Wembenyana is on my screen, I'm watching. And I never try to turn this into accounting, but sometimes numbers matter. Look this one up for confirmation. Wembenyana averaging a double-double. 21 and 10. He's doing it in 28 minutes. That is the most points per minute by a rookie since Michael Jordan. Joker said at the All-Star break, Wemby is such a unique talent, he believes that the French sensation is going to change the game radically. And here we are, not even spending much time from a national standpoint on somebody who's a transformational, generational talent. We could do... Five minutes on what's going on with the Suns, other than Durant having kerfuffles with fans because, and he was justified that time, there are a lot of Delta Bravos out there. And just to make sure I am spanning the association and I'm giving you my opinions, we'll check in with somebody who has a closer connection to the league coming up in the final hour of the program when we say hello to Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic. Certainly feels like right now in the East, it's Boston and then a massive gap to everybody else. Now, it would be sophomoric and also just lacking any rationale to dismiss the Bucks. They need more time to figure it out. Making a coaching change for seemingly no reason did not help, especially when you go out and get Doc Rivers in advance of the playoffs based on his career playoff collapses. I didn't get that other than Doc is very good at promoting Doc. But you got to believe when we get to games that matter in April and May, Giannis and Dame will figure it out. And they've had some quality wins. They beat Minnesota not too long ago. But have you watched the Celtics play? And again, I mentioned just as a frame of reference, Jim, by his own admission, takes a lot of vacation because he gets a lot of vacation. You got to deal with me in the summer. I'm here talking a lot of NBA. And I obliterated a big word Wednesday, Celtics, when they got to the finals a couple years ago. And what we saw Joe Mazzulla do last year on the bench was professional malpractice. He was completely overwhelmed by the magnitude of the moment. Still, Celtics didn't overreact. They didn't break up Tatum and Brown. Loved the deal for Drew Holiday. If you think about what's really wrong with the Bucs, it's not Doc being ignored by his team. It's they miss the defensive intensity of Holiday, their best defensive player. And so far, Porzingis not getting injured too much. So there are reasons to believe that Boston is much more than just a team that is a stat compiler. And if we get Boston coming out of the East, 
And notice I have not mentioned the Knicks, not just because I turned my back on the New York Tri-State area in 1987. Maybe I was pushed out as well. I lost my jersey privileges. But have you watched the Knicks? A, they're painful to watch. B, I think you understand how it works in the NBA. And no disrespect to Jalen Brunson. Tremendous player. You cannot win an NBA title with at least one lock to be a Hall of Famer. History says this back to the mid-1970s. I don't have to do it year by year. And the exception that almost proved the rule back in the day was the Piston team that took down the dysfunctional Lakers when they added Malone and Payton, but Ben Wallace got into the Hall of Fame. So there's your Hall of Famer. Look at the Knicks roster. If somebody will finally take Jimmy Dolan's money, and we've been talking about this since what? Carmelo Anthony? I mean, th- this is talk show 101. I can get up, break the glass, there's a handbook, and talk about nobody wanting to come and play for James Dolan, other than Brunson, which is a credit to him. Knicks are a nice story, but let's just slow down with them being in the Eastern Conference champion conversation or Megan, the finals? I'm just not going to jump into that content pool. So here we are. Here the bleep we are. Only at the business end of February, all of this great NBA content aligning. And what would the vast majority of you rather your fill-in host discuss? Who's going to be the fastest offensive lineman at the Combine? And you can certainly have that conversation with Trent Rush tomorrow. I'm not going that direction. I am talking NFL in just over 20 minutes when we bring in our first guest today. That is Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk. I am talking a little bit of baseball coming up. Oh, Tony, of course he went deep in his spring training debut yesterday for the Dodgers. But did L.A. really buy themselves a World Series by throwing $700 million towards Otani and don't get into the furls. I don't want to talk about tax situations and what's he got to pay down the road. I'm talking about the raw number and the raw number on this show is 1-800-636-8686. More interaction on the way as we continue on a jam-packed Wednesday. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13-plus powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more. Must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything again that's Dell.com slash deals. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. I'm Brian Weber. I appreciate you tolerating me. Last time I was here, I did a full hour, and now somehow I have to do an entire program. Good news is, that time it was the one-hour work week. Now I work a full day. We're moving in the right direction. I'm giving out the phone number like a carnival barker with the intent to take a phone call before 
We wrap up in 90 minutes. So pick up the phone, 1-800-636-8686. ATP Interaction, looking for that as well. We'll get to the Ask the Pros question coming up in the last hour of the show. Your tweets at B.W. Weber are on the way. We'll keep this truncated in 15 minutes. I want to leave time for an in-depth NFL conversation with Josh Alper, Pro Football Talk. We'll start the final hour of the program talking more delusions from Jerry Jones and then roughly an hour and 15 minutes from now. Appointment radio. I need you to spend 30 seconds with me, 90 seconds, an hour and 15. We're talking NBA with Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic. As always, we do our best to be interactive. Back to your thoughts. Yo, Falcon Brian. Is that yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon? Are we going old school with a reference there? You can count me out of March Madness when it expands to 96. Make a bracket? Nope. Picking 96 teams is paperwork more than fun. Goodbye, brackets. Crank, ding, in South Carolina. All right, well, Crank, if for no other reason than lethargy, inertia, if the idea of you having to fill out a bracket, which will be the size now of a legal pad, to get to 96 teams makes you against the tournament expansion, thank you for joining the cause. Yo, B-Webb, Strongman Contest was on your TV growing up in the 70s? Who do you think you are? I am. Bowling was king in the 70s. Signed, Pete Weber Jr., Dino in Vegas. I was an enormous Chris Schenkel fan. As has been well documented in this program, I did college bowling not once but twice. How much talent it takes or just sheer bravado to fake your way through it enough that they bring you back for the intercollegiate bowling championships? Now I'd be dying for a gig like that. So maybe I should be mindful of getting as much support as I can from the bowling community. The whole shoe thing still freaks me out. Well, I could be more of a hack than I normally am and saying Major League Baseball is as relevant as bowling. I won't go that far. But what have we been talking about so far now that we're just on the edge of March? Everybody has showed up. For spring training, we have unlistenable Cactus League action on the radio here in Southern California. I understand there are broadcast contracts. Can't we just stream that stuff? This is me venting to you. But I was glad yesterday driving around here at our undisclosed location. I'm Brian Weber, ain't for Jim Room. Hit me up on the X, BW Weber, Weber with two Bs. I got in the car just in time for Otani to go deep. And the guy at this point is just a unicorn. Now, it's spring training. Relax. But we saw him last year do Ruthian things. He just got paid $700 bucks. He structured it with the deferrals to make sure the Dodgers have enough money, never need for a bake sale or a GoFundMe for the Dodgers, to go out and get other stars. So they followed Otani's wishes and bolstered the rotation. Remember, he's not pitching this year, and let's find out where he is physically coming back from another elbow procedure. Already had Tommy John earlier in his career, but Dodgers go out and get Tyler Glasnow from the Rays and give him a boatload of cash as well because they are the best tribute to George Steinbrenner that we have in the modern game. Dodgers just throw money at any issues, Because 
they have unlimited resources. Win or lose, better than 3 million fans are going to drive into Chavez Ravine. They have their own cable network, still cash flow positive, although you kids on TikTok have ruined the entire industry. But do I have to go through the entire rant, and I'm not going to be more, hopefully, repetitive than normal, about what we know to be true in baseball, especially now with the new playoff format? Come playoff time, it's the most random of postseason championship structures in all of sports. And how about if we just talk about what happened last year before the playoffs? How much money did Steve Cohen throw out there for the Mets? And how did that stack of cash translate into wins and losses? Okay, you could say that's a one-off. Fine. How about just what the Dodgers have failed to do in recent years in the postseason, matching up with teams they should know better than anybody because they're in their own freaking division? So a couple years ago, it was Slam Diego. That's what's it, Alvin. Arizona. And when's Tori Lovello going to be on the program? The manager Slam of Diego. the Diamondbacks. Good friend of the show. A phenomenal story. But if you're a Dodger fan, how in the world can you accept being swept by the Diamondbacks last year? Now, I am going to be very mindful of whose chair I'm sitting in. And yes, it's been reinforced. I hope by now I don't have to do the full recitation that I'm a clone, I was living with my mother, I had no career aspirations, this show basically kept me off suicide watch in 2003. I am deeply connected to this show. However, with a little semicolon, I think it is fair to be critical of Dave Roberts, understanding that he is now a middle manager, not a field manager, because... The vast majority of the tactical decisions are made by Andrew Friedman and the analytics crew. Dave is given much more, according to reports, than input when it comes to the lineup. It is a, let's just say, to be kind of collaborative decision. Now, pitching changes are still largely the purview of the manager. And again, I'm being supportive of team content here while trying to balance it with a critical lens. Do you as a Dodger fan or just somebody who loves baseball fully agree with what Dave Roberts has done when it's come to how he's managed his rotation and going to the pen in high leverage situations the last couple years? Come playoff time. And if I want to be more of a cynic, when's the last time the Dodgers won anything? Oh, no, no, 2020. Okay. That was a 60-game regular season. So... My guy Gooch, who was trying to hang an asterisk on Rory McIlroy in the first hour of the show, I think would have a much more coherent argument to say, yes, there was a giant asterisk on 2020. Somebody had to win something that year. But for Dodger fans, and I know it's not your money, with the billions of dollars thrown into payroll over the last decade, to come away with that as your achievement says this franchise has underachieved. That can't be your lone accomplishment with the full concession that weird stuff happens in baseball. So to put it all together, just because Otani put his name on the line, which is dotted, does not guarantee anything. And I know it wasn't just Otani. You got Yamamoto coming from Japan. But you still have to look at that bullpen. Dave Roberts the other day would not commit to a closer. And I understand where we are now. 
and you don't want to bunt anymore, and RBIs are accounting stats, but I still, as an old-school guy, my years in the Pacific Coast League, old-school people like closers. I like the notion of who I'm giving the ball to in the ninth inning, and just don't tell me it's coming down to matchups or bullpen by committee. So let's see what this team does, because it is just too lazy to say, Yep, the Dodgers bought themselves a title. Because how do you feel about Mookie Betts? Two for 25 over his last playoff appearances, last couple years. Not exactly Mr. October. That feels a lot like Mr. May. So, yeah, the Dodgers are going to be a good watch. And anytime Otani's at the plate, I'll flip over there because I got him on my cable system before I finally cut the cord. But let's not put the championship stamp on a team that has failed to show up in critical situations and their only title comes with, I think this is reasonable, not hot take mountain, a massive asterisk. In fact, as a recovering Yankee fan, I'll point out their prior title was 1981. That was a strike-shortened year. So when's the last Dodger championship? Well, they lost to the Yankees in 77-78. you got to go back to Casey uh, Stengel in the dugout for the Yankees and Sandy Koufax on the mound for the Dodgers somewhere in the mid-60s when they beat the Twins and now I've lost the audience because I've jumped in the hot tub time machine. I'm Brian Weber revealing just once more how old I am. 1-800-636-8686. Keep the tweets coming. It's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs straight ahead. Back to the NFL. Russell Wilson was a big part of this program the other day when he was doing Russ kind of things on a podcast saying he wants to win multiple rings with the Broncos. That is nonsensical. So we'll put into focus what is the most likely destination for Russ. Looking forward to taking you across the NFL with Josh Alper. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show with guest host Brian Weber on CBS Sports Radio. Moving deeper into the second hour of the program, I will create more chances for you to get interactive. 1-800-636-8686. Emails, RomanAvatake.com. One more round of tweets coming up in the last hour of the show, plus... We will answer your ATP question. But first, always a pleasure to talk football. One of the best in the business is Josh Alper, Pro Football Talk. Josh, how are you? I appreciate you taking the time. I'm great, Brian. Thank you for joining us today. So, as I said earlier in the first hour of the show, and I wasn't just reading my resume, I was fortunate from a professional standpoint to cover a couple combines and spend four full days in Indy, so I feel like I got the full experience. But while I understand why the combine exists, Josh, if five head coaches this year decided not to be there for a variety of reasons, doesn't that undercut the overall significance of what's going on in Indy? I, I think to a to a degree, but you know, I, I think that it's it, it, it's never really about the head coaches, right? It's it's the scouts, it's the position coaches, it's the guys who are really eating up the film for all of these players, and then you know, it is the film of these players. It, it's these things have shown up on film. The film of the combine workouts are available. There's a lot of ways to 
to do this work without being there in person, especially when you're going to bring in a ton of these prospects to, to your uh, facility. I mean, at least 30 in, 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 uh, from out of town, and then any local prospects don't count to that amount. And because of the last five years in this, you know, of, of life and business in this world, online and virtual interviews have become commonplace in a way to, you know, get to know players long before you, you even make that decision to, to bring them in or not. All right. Since you use the word eating, we know NFL folks will be eating at St. Elmo's. And when they get together, the big topic of conversation, Indianapolis will be what are the Bears going to do with the number one overall pick. Seemed pretty clear to me, GM Ryan Poles, while he left his options open yesterday, was indicating they're going to trade Justin Fields. So if, in fact, that happens, what's the timetable and what do you think the trade market for Fields looks like? Uh, I, I totally agree with, with where things are headed. There, there wouldn't be much reason not to say that we're keeping Justin Fields and start auctioning the first pick off as soon as possible. So it, it definitely seems they're going to be going that route. I think, they, you know, I think it behooves them to get it done as, as soon as possible because I, I think that you know, you're not going to be a team that's waiting until – you know, until May or June to figure out your quarterback position. You're going to want to move on that quickly. And I think other than teams that may be considering making a run at Kirk Cousins, I, I think you know whether or not, you, you know, Justin Fields is the guy you want. I, I think, you you know, and I guess you could throw Russell Wilson into that group too of, of people who are, you know, conceivably starting quarterbacks on the market that are going to be on the market for teams. Although I, I would rank Wilson third, but, you know, behind those other two players uh, at, at this point in the process. And, and, you know, and I think you're looking at probably a, a sec, you know, second round pick and then maybe a conditional pick that can, that can go up to a, perhaps a first rounder. But, you know, everyone knows that they're going to be moving fields. And, and I think that does hurt their leverage a bit in terms of how much they're going to get. And, you know, quite frankly, if Fields was worth multiple number one picks, you'd have to ask what the, you know, what the Bears are thinking by trading him at, at this point to take a flyer on an untested quarterback. That is sound logic. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome, talking NFL with Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk. You hit on Cousins. We saw the video the other day looking very healthy, coming back from the torn Achilles. Do you think the most likely outcome is Cousins staying with Minnesota? I, I do. I think that it makes the most sense for, for everyone involved. Uh, in, unless the Vikings really try to do something financially that, that works against it. You know, you have a guy who's played on, on guaranteed contracts in, his entire time in, in Minnesota, and I think to, to roll that back at this point would be a big risk, especially when you, you, know, you have a team like Atlanta that, that's made it very clear that they, you know, they think they would have been a playoff team last year with semi-competent quarterback play, and, and Cousins is a lot better than that. Uh, you know, when you lose the, the ability to franchise tag, it does, you know, it does make things a little bit more difficult for the Vikings, but I, I think the idea of playing with Justin Jefferson, staying in Kevin O'Connell's offense after the way that, you know, Cousins was playing before he got hurt last season just, just really makes too much sense for everybody involved for them to split up. Irrespective of what Russell Wilson said recently on the I Am Athlete podcast, seems like it's a foregone conclusion he'll be moving on from Denver. So I think, Josh, there are a couple things to dissect here, and I won't ask the dreaded multi-part question, but understanding the Broncos are going to be on the hook for a big chunk of guaranteed money, 
That means Wilson could show up in a new, uh, new situation at a major discount. How much more attractive does that make Russ, and where do you see him potentially going? I think it makes. I think it is the thing that makes him attractive. If if you had to pay him a starting quarterback salary, I, I think you'd have a hard time selling that to your fan base after the last two seasons, three seasons really. If you if you take it back to his last year in Seattle, but paying him a minimum salary, I think if you're a team like Pittsburgh, he makes a ton of sense as an option that isn't Kenny Pickett because you're you're not going to be paying him much, and he is a guy who has in the past proven to be a capable quarterback when given a strong running game and good receivers, both of which they have in in Pittsburgh. So I think when you're looking at how Pittsburgh is going to build out that offense, uh, it's a new, you know, a new scheme, a new system, all of those things. I think Wilson is, is an appealing idea there because he's a low cost option to go with, you know, with Kenny Pickett and, you know, if Mason Rudolph is there. Uh, I, I, he, that's the team that jumps right out to me because anyone else would be sort of a stopgap until you're bringing in a rookie quarterback. Taking you around the NFL with Josh Alper, Pro Football Talk. As always, the Cowboys, a major topic of conversation. Dak Prescott set to count $59 million against the cap in the new league year. He's got a no-franchise tag clause in the contract. Josh, what do you think is a realistic outlook for Prescott to get a new deal with the Cowboys? Well, I, I just think it, it's it's not because of, of him. I think you could swallow and carry that for, for a year and, and perhaps you know be okay with it. But I, I think when you have to deal with C.D. Lamb and Michael Parsons, that that cap space is going to have to come from somewhere. And I, I think that if, unless the Cowboys really think that they can go out and, and find a better quarterback in, in 2025 and, and really reboot and, and feel like they're going to be rebooting the franchise with a new head coach, which is certainly a possibility, but I, I think the, the head coach possibility can't really impact the quarterback one because I, I don't think you're going to get a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I, I know all of the, playoff foibles and I know all of the, the you know disappointments and heartbreaks that, that have accompanied him throughout his career but he's still a top 10 NFL quarterback and they don't make them all that often so I, I think that the extension makes all the sense in the world from from building a, a team standpoint and then as to how that looks though and, and what that money is going to be you know good timing for Dak Prescott to, to be doing this at, at a point where the salary cap you know, exploded beyond anybody's expectations. Josh, as always, we appreciate the information. Thanks for taking the time to join us today here on CBS Sports Radio. My pleasure, Brian. Have a great one. Josh Alper, always with strong insights, and he used one of my favorite words, foibles, because I have many of them. Got a couple thoughts on free agent running backs coming up before we get ready for the final hour of the program. A reminder, still looking for the huge email brought to you by Dell. This year, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select Alienware gaming tech like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by Intel Core i9 processors. Save now at Alienware.com slash deals. If you're thinking about, as we have learned on this program, Melvin Gordon with a quote for the ages... I'll paraphrase, it just flat out sucks to be a running back. Well, 
there are some massive names that are about to be available, but I think we know what's going to happen financially. We're talking Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. We just went through this whole exercise last year with both Saquon and Josh Jacobs. Let's not forget Derek Henry is going to hit the marketplace. Now, I realize Derek is 30 years old. We'll go old school. This is like Logan's run. You get to 30 in the NFL as a running back, you're done. That's the perception. And we know how much wear and tear Henry has accumulated with all of those carries and all the massive hits he's taken. Still, when healthy, he can wreck things on the offensive line. If Dallas, understandably, does not want to pay Tony Pollard, who is a serviceable running back, but they're not giving him $14 million. I understand his versatility. But I think Henry to Dallas makes sense. I'm not going to lose my mind and say Henry and C.D. Lamb and Dak are the new triplets, but I think a consistent ground game with Henry would be an upgrade and give them the same kind of feel they had with Zeke Elliott before he fell apart. But when Jim comes back on Friday, as we get closer to the start of the new league year, it'll be all free agency talk all the time. And as we ran through with the quarterbacks, big contrast between this bumper crop of talent at the quarterback position in the draft with potentially four quarterbacks going in the top 15. That's one column. That's young talent. You go with veterans. It is slim pickings. Kirk Cousins going to get paid again? Of course he is because he's in the financial hall of fame. And Russ, as Josh just laid out, is very financially attractive. And then Sean Payton, friend of the program, has to put up or shut up because clearly he does not want to be in the Russell Wilson business. Okay, Sean, you run that franchise. You got Walmart money behind you. Go out now, coach up J.J. McCarthy, who, as someone who watches a lot of college football, J.J. to me just looked like a guy. A lot of support from the running backs and a lot of support from his defense. Since I mentioned Derrick Henry, can't go wrong spotlighting America's team. More nonsense from Jerry Jones. Details coming up. I'm Brian Weber for Jim Rome here on CBS Sports Radio.